Good. Well, we're going to now um, read from the Bible, from the book of Proverbs, and chapter 12, and verse 26. Proverbs 12, verse 26, and this is on page 636. Page 636. And just before we read the scriptures, just like to pass on apologies from Daniel Nee, uh, who um, is not able to come tonight because he's gone with his sister uh, to a Bible study in another part of London. Try to help to introduce her to a church there. And Ed is, uh, should be taking off more or less now. No, I think actually. Maybe a few hours, I can't remember. Anyway, he'll be around, should be on his way to Sicily um, around about this sort of time. Um, so, um, Proverbs 12 and verse 26. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. In the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. From the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. So let's now, um, let's now draw near to God in prayer. Keep our Bible open. Let's draw near to God in prayer. Our Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we have this evening to join together and to learn together from your word. Thank you that we're able to build each other up. Uh, we're able to learn from your word uh, as it's taught. And also, hopefully, we can build each other up and encourage each other in the truth uh, as, uh, as we share together and as we have discussion together. Lord, please, would you help uh, your, enable your word to be taught helpfully and in the power of the Holy Spirit. May, may what is said be clear and understandable and true. And please, Lord, while your word is taught, please work in our, in our hearts to give, a, give us the willingness to receive what your word is saying. And we pray that uh, you will change us through your word. And we pray also that as, as and when, God willing, we discuss your word, we will also be able to do each other good in that way as well. Bless those of us who are gathered here, and please also bless any who may join us online. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we return then to the book of Proverbs, and in fact, the passage that we're looking at tonight uh, we actually did read um, 
last week because we, we, uh, we, we looked at some of the verses uh, from, um, from verse 23 of, of chapter 12 through to chapter 13 and verse 3. But we didn't get time to look at all the verses, so I thought we'd come back rather than... Paul had been going to do tonight, but it seemed to make sense to come back and for me to finish off what we were looking about last time. So you might remember we saw last time how um, uh, uh, Solomon talks about the value of not speaking anything that just comes into your head uh, or anything you might know. Verse 23, a prudent man conceals his knowledge, but the mouth, but the heart of the fools proclaims folly. You know, if, if if we're wise... We won't say something just because we know it or because it comes into our head. We'll think to consider, is this going to be helpful? Is this going to be build up building for other people? And then we learned last time also about how hard work leads to position of responsibility. Verse 24, the hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. And also... Verse 27, whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but a diligent man will get precious wealth. So if we work hard, then we will find ourselves being promoted. That's true in everyday life, but also it's true in spiritual life. That as we, as we accumulate more scriptural knowledge, more biblical knowledge, we find God giving us more and more responsibility in his church. And then verse 25, we saw that uh, anxiety can really act as a heavy burden for somebody. But if, 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 we can, if somebody can say a kind word to somebody who's weighed down with anxiety, it can really help. So verse 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Now, so this evening, I want us to say, look at the other verses that we shouldn't get a chance to think about. And uh, we, I want to see, first of all, how um, if we are righteous, then we are guided by God to live in the right way. If our heart is right, then we'll be led in the right path. So that's the first thing. And then I want us to think also about... Um, how uh, uh, if how the wise son who is teachable will become more wise because he's open to being taught, whereas a foolish son, you know, he won't listen and then he becomes even more foolish. And that's true not just for children, but it's true for us all. And then third thing for us to think about from chapter three, verse. 13 verse 2, is that um, if we speak in a good way, then we will benefit from that. From the fruit of, of, of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. So let's think about these things. First of all then, the righteous man is led down the right path. Uh, verse 26. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them 
astray. Now, it has to be said that this verse, there is a bit of a question about the translation. Um, the footnote in some versions of the ESV, actually, funny enough, not in this one, but in some editions of the ESV, has, has a righteous man is cautious in friendship. So that sounds quite a different translation. The NRV takes that line as well. A righteous man is cautious in friendship. Uh, New King James also takes that line. A righteous should choose his friends carefully. But then others follow the, 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 the translation we've got here. So the King James says, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. And I suppose the implication is his way, the, right, the way of the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. The New American Standard, uh, the righteous as a guide to his neighbor. Um, and of course, as I say, this translation, ESV, says the righteous is uh, a guide to his neighbor. Now, I know a tiny bit of, of Greek, but I don't know any Hebrew. So I'd have to defer to Paul on this one. I don't know if you've got your Hebrew Bible there, Paul. No. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a quick look on my interlinear, which is absolutely hopeless for me because I don't really. But, but it, 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 it seemed to me that, that, um, that, that from the little I could see that, that, that the, the, the ESV and the King James might perhaps have the right, the, the right take on it in that, uh, that it's saying that the righteous has a better understanding of the way than, than, than his, than his neighbour. And, and that would tie it with the second half of the verse. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. There is no word for way in the first half of the verse, which perhaps, is, perhaps that's why there is that sort of question about how it could be... Um, Translated, but anyway, I, for the sake, because I don't know, I can't, honestly can't say definitive one way or the other. I'm going to just go by the ESV translation for for this particular thing. So, so uh, what this is really saying is that a righteous man or a righteous woman, of course, whenever we say righteous man, we also of course mean righteous woman as well. Uh, a righteous man is going to be guided by God. He's going to know the right way to go. And so much so that he can actually help his neighbor to know the right way to go. Whereas the fool, the wicked person, uh, is actually going to be led astray by his own folly. So the righteous person, he wants to know the right way and he goes the right way, but the fool doesn't want the right way. The fool wants the wrong way. And so that folly of the fool leads, that wrong heart leads the fool off in the wrong direction. Now, let me just remind you about the meaning of the word righteous here in this book of Proverbs. The righteous man uh, in this book, and indeed in the whole of the Bible, is the man or woman who looks to God for his salvation, who says, I can't save myself. I'm a sinner. I need God to save me. And so God gives to him or her the righteousness of Christ. That, that person becomes righteous in God's sight. But the person who looks to Christ, looks to God for salvation, 
will only do that if the Holy Spirit's worked in, in his heart. So that person also will be born again. And so the heart will be renewed. And although he still does sin, he is different. His motivation is different. He wants to please God. And so he's righteous in that sense as well. Not that he's perfect, but he's righteous in the sense that his heart has been changed and he's starting to want to live in a new way which pleases God. So if, um, assuming I say that the ESV translation is the correct translation here, then, then what this is saying is that the righteous man is led by God along the right paths. He knows the right way to go. And uh, so much so that he's able to also guide and instruct his neighbor. Now, um, the book of Proverbs, of course, talks a lot about how, how the person who's righteous, whose heart is right, will be led by God. Well, the very famous verse, which you might want to just quickly look back to, in chapter 3 and verse 5, these are sort of almost like, well, they are really good verses to memorize, really. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Some of you might know these verses already. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. He'll make straight your paths. So you see what it's saying? Trust in God. Put all your confidence in God. Don't depend on your own understanding. You know, this is where the devil tries to get us, isn't he? He says, oh, that's not a good idea to do what the Bible says. If you do what the Bible says, you're going to land up in trouble. And he tries to get us to lean, to depend on our own thinking. But it says, no, trust in God with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Whatever decision you're making, go to him and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What does is, what is the Bible tell me to do? What, how would you have me to live? Acknowledge him. Look to him. And he will make your path straight. He will show you the right way to go. He'll make, you know, he'll, he'll iron out the different paths and he's, ah, that's, I now I know what I should do. I can see what I should do now. And you can see how you should live. Um, now, this is a, this not only does the book of Proverbs talk about how God will guide us in the right paths, but of course, the whole of the Bible talks about this. I mean, I can just, I'll just give you a few places. There's lots of places that could be referred to and maybe in discussion you might want to mention a few other promises. But Psalm 23, which we sang earlier. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm sure many of us know these words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. 
So here's this promise that God leads. David, of course, is a righteous man. He's, his heart is renewed. One of the, somebody who fulfills that qualification. And the promise is that the person who's a true child of God, who's a sheep, one of the Lord's sheep, is led by God, the good shepherd. Psalm 25, um, verses 8 and 9. Um, uh, if you want to have the ref, have the page number, I can give it to you quickly. Um, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way, he leads the humble in what is right, and teaches the humble the right way. See very much again the idea, it's the humble who are led by God. The people who don't trust their own judgment, they, say they, they don't think, oh, I know better than God. No, they're humble before God, and they are the ones who are led by him in his paths. Um, at same same um, psalm, um, uh, uh, verse 12. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. So the one who fears God, God will instruct um, Psalm 31 um, verse 3 uh, for you are my rock and my fortress and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me so there are all these promises and of course in the New Testament Jesus talks about himself as the good shepherd John 10 who goes out in front of his sheep and leads them, and they follow him. They hear his voice, and they follow him. So same idea of being the sheep being led by Jesus, the shepherd. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is, how are we led by God? Paul also talks about, he says, in Romans 8, he says, all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So how is it that we're led? Now this is where some Christians get a bit confused because they read in the Old Testament and they see that there's an angel that comes to this one and there's a God speaks to that one and then there's, they cast lots and then there's the umin and the thummin and which we don't know exactly what they were but they, they consult these and, and, and so they think, oh, well that's what I, I need to wait. You know, some people they... They, um, you know, my, 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 I think my great aunt or my cousin, something like this, was part of an organization called the Moral Rearmament in the 1920s. And my mother used to tell me that what she used to do is, in her what she called her quiet times, was she'd get out her notebook and she would sit there with a pen and paper and she would wait for God to tell her instructions for the day. And she would write down what she believed or instruction. So is that how God speaks to us? Does God speak to us with a, an audible voice? Well, what we need to remember is that the way God spoke to people in Old Testament times was specific to that time because there was no Bible then, or at least only a part, part 
Bible, you know, a few, only the books of the Bible that have been written up to that time. And so in those, at that time, yes, God did speak to people in dreams, visions, and in direct voices sometimes. Um, but what we need to remember is that in these last times that we're living in now, in the New Testament age, God has spoken to us finally through his son. And you might want to just quickly look over to Hebrews chapter 1 and uh, verse 1, which is on page, uh, there isn't actually a page number on it, but it would be, if it was a page number on it, 1187. And it says, Long ago, at many times and in various ways, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he he also created the world. And then we go on, he then talks about how excellent the son is. And then if we go on to chapter 2, verse 1, we must, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard that is, of course, through the Son, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs, wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So saying, in the past God spoke to us through these various prophets and various means, but now God has spoken to us through his son. So the, the promise is the same, we'll be led, but the means by which God is doing it now is through the word that he's given to us. He's given us, of course, the book of Proverbs as part of that. That, that guidance that we get, but also with the teaching of, 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 of the later um, prophets and then the teaching that came through the Lord Jesus Christ, especially, and his apostles. So this is a wonderful thing. God promises to guide us through his word, which he applies to our hearts by the Holy Spirit and through our conscience. And often it's through often through teachers that God has given to the church as well, through pastors. Uh, and the, 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 We gain to understand the Bible better, and, that, and, then, and God deals with us, and he guides us, and he leads us in his paths. So coming back to uh, Proverbs, then we see then that the, 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 um, the righteous, the one who's righteous, is a guide to his neighbour because he himself is guided by God. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. You see, the, the, the person who's got the right heart, his heart is right, as he reads the Bible and he listens to teaching, he, he's, that's gonna, he's gonna accept what he's said and it's gonna, God is gonna use that to lead him down the right paths. But the person whose heart is not right, the person who's wicked, he won't listen to, to, to the teaching. He'll put his, his fingers in his ear, as it were. He won't read the Bible. Instead, he'll be led by his own evil desires, and he'll go wandering off 
into all sorts of, of, of sin. Now then, if we go on to verse 28 in Proverbs 12, it says something very similar. In the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. So what this is saying is that this way that, that the righteous go down is a way of life. It's a way which, which, uh, which um, the doorway is Christ, salvation. And as we follow this path, we are led to eternal life in, in heaven. It's not that we're saved by our works, of course not. We're saved by, by faith simply in Christ, but this having been saved, we then follow that path that leads us to, 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 to glory. And um, this reminds me of, of, of uh, what Jesus says. Do you remember those words that Jesus said, very famous words in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, verse 13? Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And only a few find it. So uh, we need to get onto this path, this way of life. Um, Isaiah also talks about this way of life. Um, Isaiah chapter 35, a beautiful passage which talks about the, the, uh, the, 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 the Messianic age, the, the, the blessings which will come in the Messianic age. And uh, it says in page 707, verse, Isaiah 35, verse 8, And a highway shall be there, it shall be, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not pass over it, and it shall, it shall belong to those who walk in the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And that last verse is the basis for a very good song we sing sometimes. So here's this way of life. Uh, and and uh, the righteous, the, the path of the righteousness, the path of, 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 of knowing the Lord, of hearing God's word, believing God's word, trusting Christ for salvation, and then, and then living according to its way, that's the way of life. Now, maybe some of us are in this sort of, some of you had a bit of a tug of war last few weeks or the last few months. You know, you, you, you can see the way of Jesus and you think, oh, I want to go that way. But then you're reminded about your old way and you, your heart gets drawn to the old way and, and there's this sort of battle going on for your soul and sometimes you go back to the old way and then, and then you, you turn and you go back to the new way. Well, forget the old way. That's the way of death. 
and commit yourself wholly to the new way, the way of life, to the Lord's way. Uh, it might be worth just looking forward in Proverbs just to, just to the next chapter, chapter 14, verse 25. Um, have I got the right verse? No, I've got the wrong verse. I've got it written down, but I've got the reference wrong. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Seems good. You think, oh yes, this is the way to go. But it lands up in death. And that's 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 the alternative to this way of life. It's it's death. And that's not just physical death, it's eternal death in hell. And basically, at the end of the day, each one of us have got a choice. Will we go the Lord's way, which is life? Will we repent of sin, trust in Jesus, and go his way and experience his life? Or will we forsake his way and go the devil's way and land up in eternal death? Sadly, so many people would say, oh, I'm going to just do things my way. You know, that song that Frank Sinatra sang, remember? I did it my way. That's what many people say, I'm going to do it my way. Well, you land up in death, land up in, in terrible destruction in hell. Uh, there's a man whose writings have been very, many, very helpful to many people. His name was Arthur Pink. And Arthur Pink was brought up in a Christian family, but he very badly rebelled against his parents and got into the occult. And he went off to seances and did all sorts, got involved in all sorts of other bad activities. And one night he, he came back from one such activity and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and his father met him as he came in. And he quoted this verse that I just cited. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And Arthur Pink was convicted. He realized he was a sinner. He really had been rebelling against God. And he got converted. And he went on to live a life of great usefulness to God. So, where are you? Where am I? Have you gone through that narrow door of Jesus? onto the path of life. If not, come to Jesus today. Forsake your sins and go through that door and say, yes, I want to get on that path to life. And maybe you've gone through that door, but have you perhaps strayed off the path? Have you backslidden? Gone off the, off the highway of holiness? Well, come back onto that highway. Go to the cross again. And get back on that path that you might know the blessings of being led by God. Well, that's the first thing then. Now, second thing. The wise become more wise because they're willing to learn from others. Let's now look at chapter 13, verse 1. A wise son hears his father's instruction. But a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And there's a similar verse in chapter 15, verse 5 as well. A fool 
despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. So what this is saying is that a wise son is in a virtuous circle. He hears his father's instruction, maybe his father's rebuke. He takes note of it, and so he becomes more wise. Whereas the foolish son is in a vicious circle. He says, I'm not going to listen to what the old man says. And he does his own thing. Perhaps he even mocks his old man. He mocks, yes, ah, see, what does he know? And so he doesn't listen to rebuke, doesn't listen to reproof. So he becomes more, more foolish. So then he's even more rebellious. So he listens even less. And so it becomes more rebellious and so on. Now, of course, this is not just true for children, is it? It's true for us all. If we are wise, we'll be willing to learn. If we're foolish, we'll say, I don't need to learn anything. See, the very fact that you're here is a good sign. <laughs> Because you're saying, I need to know more. If you stay away, of course there might be some reasons why some people can't come, but if you stay away when you could come, then really what are you saying? You're saying, I don't need to, I don't need to hear the word of God. I'm all right. Um, again, this is taught in similar things. If we, if we go back to chapter 9, verse 7, um, Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase his learning. You see, a wise person says, I don't know it all. This is the funny thing. The wise person knows an awful lot more than the foolish person. But the wise person says, I need to know more. Whereas the fool says, oh, I don't need to be instructed. I, I know everything. And so he, he lands up knowing nothing. So we need to have this, this uh, willingness to, to be instructed. So we see that wisdom, according to this book of Proverbs, wisdom... And humility go hand in hand. The wise person is humble enough to know that he needs more wisdom. The fool is so proud he thinks he doesn't need to be taught anything. So if we're going to be wise, we must be humble. And then the third thing to see tonight is that we benefit from what the good things that we say. If we look now at um, chapter 13 and verse 2. From the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. 
Now, when it says, from the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, I think we can safely talk, assume that that's talking about from the fruit of the mouth of a righteous man. A man eats what is good. It doesn't actually say that, it out in that verse, but I think that must be from the context what it means. And uh, this is similar to what we saw in chapter 12, verse 14. Just look across the column there, next previous column. Verse 14, from the, mouth, from the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good. And the work of a man's hand comes back to him. Now, this is the other side of the coin from what we were thinking about last time. We were thinking last time uh, mainly about the negative effect that foolish speech can have. That, you know, we can say something too quickly and we land up saying something which is damaging to somebody else or hurtful or, or destructive in some way. But this is stated on the other side. The, the tongue, remember it's a small thing, in, small organ in our body, but it has a tremendous power, both for bad, but also for good. Because how do you pray when you're praying out loud? You pray with your tongue, don't you? How do you preach the gospel? Or witness to Christ. You do so with your tongue. How do you say a word of encouragement and kindness? You do it with your tongue. How do you speak the truth? You do it with your tongue. And so, yes, the tongue can be really, really dangerous. And we've got to watch out for that, which we saw last time. But also the the tongue can do tremendous good. In fact, we did actually see that last time as well. Remember verse 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. You know, here's somebody who's really down in the dumps. Really, really depressed and and, and anxious. And somebody comes along and says just one or two kind words and the whole thing changes. The whole framework of that depressed person is lifted. What power there is in in a good word. And what this verse is saying is that when we use our tongue in a good way to do good to people, it will come back to us. We'll be blessed. Uh, We will see the fruit of that and we will, as it were, eat the fruit of that. Um, Now, this, of course, is just true just at the human level. If you're somebody who's constantly loving and kind to other people and asking after them and praying for them and, 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 and giving words of encouragement, you'll find over time that you've got a lot of friends because you've made friends with people and you've been kind to them and you've, you've done them good. And, and then when you're in trouble, you'll find that you've got people who come to you and help you. So even at that level... There is a, there's a payback, as it were, from, from using our tongue in a good way. But also, uh, we are encouraged in Scripture, we're, we're told in Scripture that if we use our tongue specifically to do good to people spiritually, then there will be a harvest. There will be 
there will be, as it were, a payback. It may well happen in this life, but it doesn't, if it doesn't happen in this life, it will certainly happen in the life to come. Psalm 127, verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bearing his sheaves with him. Now, that could apply to lots of things, but I'm sure it does apply to telling people about Jesus. You, know, you go out, maybe, perhaps you get involved with Ed, with the, with the visiting, with the, with the open air work, or maybe you do some visiting, or maybe you're, you're, you're um, trying to talk to your friends, and people slap you down, and you pray for somebody, they look, look interested, and then they never show up at church. And, you know, perhaps you get abuse, maybe. And you don't seem to have much encouragement, doesn't need much fruit. But those who, who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. There will be that harvest eventually. We might see it in this life. We might not see it in this life. It might be an eternity that people come up to you and say, hey, you're the guy who spoke to me and gave me that tract. You don't know it, but I, I came to Jesus because of that tract you gave me. And I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for what you did. And that will thrill your heart when you meet that person who's been saved by your testimony. Or maybe it's somebody you prayed for and eternity will reveal how your prayer caused blessing to come to that person. And that person will be your friend in heaven. You might never meet that person in this life, but, but when, it, when all is revealed in, in glory, uh, you, there will be this, this payback. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up so uh, let those of us who are saved be encouraged uh, we will reap good from our good words and from our good actions but verse second half of verse two the desire of the treacherous is for violence the person who's wicked he only wants violence and that violence will come back on his own head. Well, I hope that's helpful for us, and um, we will uh, pray now, and then we will move to a time of discussion. For those of you, those of you online, it'll take a little bit of time to set up the computer and, and open the Zoom meeting. But please do stay around, and please do join us for the discussion. And apologies on Monday, we I don't think we got the sound working properly, but hopefully. We'll get that rigged up. We might perhaps do a trial right at the beginning of the discussion rather than at the end this time to make sure that, uh, that people can actually hear. But anyway, let's, let's, um, let's now um, pray and, uh, and uh, commit this, what we've seen to God. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who guides his people. Thank you for this way of life which you've opened up for us through Jesus. And... Father, we pray that you will lead each one of us to, to get on that highway of holiness and, and to keep on it, not to backslide. Lord, also we pray that you will 
uh, help us, Lord, to, um, to be those who are humble and teachable and uh, to welcome instruction and reproof. And Lord, we pray also for, you, we thank you for this wonderful truth that uh, there is a harvest if we, there will be a payback, as it were, if we've sought to, to serve you and we've sought to do good to others. It might seem that there's no payback, but actually there will be. And there will be your commendation at the end of time. And also the, the blessing of having others come up to us and saying thank you to us for what we've done. So we thank you, Lord, and uh, we pray that you'll help us to remember your word. And we pray that you will help us to apply your word. And also we pray that in this time of discussion now, you will help us and strengthen us and help us to do each other good. We pray through Jesus Christ. Amen.